Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. The Movies to Watch Before the End of the World Award for Distinguished Achievement is perhaps unknown to you. Okay. You have to give the entire speech. I didn't want to. That's so long. That is a really long speech. And then I kept trying to write it as I was listening to it. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just doing this one blurb. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's starting to get harder, I think, to find things for you. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just easier when we do a bunch of foreign films. Yeah, and I can just say hello in a different language. A different language. language, yeah. There you I'll, go. I'll keep that in mind, Mitha. Okay, please and thank you. You're very welcome. But not, like, too foreign. <laughs> what is too foreign? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't reached that limit That's yet, like, but I'll let you know when I get there. Vaguely racist undertones. <laughs> All right. Sidestepping that, that conversation. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> Mita, how are you today? I'm living and breathing. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's the summer. It is the summer. I'm in, trying to enjoy what summer has to offer. I haven't been to a patio yet. Mm. Have you? I actually went today. I was off today and I went to write. And so I went to Lansdowne, which is kind of like a super hipster area in Ottawa. And I was on a patio at a restaurant for four hours and I wrote outside in the sun. It was lovely. It was so nice. What what patio? I think Creston Crate. I've never heard of that place. Yeah, it was okay. The food wasn't great, but like that was no. besides the point. I want to go to Joey's. Yeah, sure. Let's go to Joey's. Okay, sure. Let's make okay. plans over the podcast. Yeah. Anyone who wants to join us, we're going to do Anyone, all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something I wanted to talk about. Oh my gosh, what? Mitha, you might have heard that uh, Meghan Markle recently published a kid's book called The Bench. Oh, I actually haven't heard about yeah, this. Yeah, she published a kid's book called The Bench okay. that reached the New York Times uh, number one like kid's book. That you have to buy into. Yeah, okay. Do you have to buy into that? Yeah, like it's not legit. It's I've not like an actual it's like, like... It's not really those are the best sellers. It's like your publicist did a really good job. Yeah, well, of sure course. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like any award really. But besides mm-hmm. the point... Do you know, Mita, Meghan Markle chose to publish this book under the name Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. Mm, I don't think she's allowed to use that name. That is the title of her? Her? It says Meghan, <laughs> Duchess of Sussex, under the name of this book. You're really feathered by this. Mita? <laughs> you, I wish you could all see Nadim's face right now. Like, he's it- so chapped my ass so much i was so annoyed i didn't even realize wait no go back where did that come from so i didn't even know it was a friend of mine messaged me and a friend of mine who was a little bit more pro megan than i was when the oprah interview happened and she was just like wait hold up as all your female friends were. As all my female friends were but then she messaged me and she's like what the hell is this yeah that's and i saw it and i was just like wait you do not get to call yourself that. You don't. You have to walk away from that. Like, I just, I'm trying to, I'm wondering, like, what is the intention behind that? Okay, two things come to mind. One, she's just like, she's not thinking. And two is that she wrote this before they, like, left 
And maybe they just she left it. <laughs> she didn't write it on the internet and like publish it the next day. This thing is like written and illustrated and then was published on a hardcover book. There was a hundred people who saw this. Yeah. And probably some of them who told her, hey, are you allowed to do this? Is she allowed? Do we know? I actually don't know. And I tried to look it up. And I don't know if when they gave up their royal position. Mm-hmm. Well, did they give up the title? Uh, I think they did. I though. would imagine so. But even if they didn't, let's say, you have actively said you were stepping back from the royal family. Like, you're still going to be a part of the family mm-hmm. because that's what you are. But, like, you're not going to, you're, you're going to essentially step down as a royal. So you yeah. do not get to call yourself by your royal, like, designated name. I didn't ask you this, but their daughter was born. And they named their daughter Lilibeth Diana. It's you know and what it sounds want, like. <laughs> what does it sound like? It sounds like, hey, let's secure our spot in the will. <laughs> that's I felt what it the feels same way like. Too. I I get the Diana. I think that I that's get Diana. Really nice. I think everyone expected Diana. Yeah, I wasn't th- expecting Lilibet. First of all, <laughs> Lilibet is Queen Elizabeth's pet name. Yeah. It's not her real name. Well, it's not her real name. No. It's also like, I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> it at all. I think it's kind of strange. But that's kind of like, beyond, besides the point, it's just such a like, I feel like a part of me is really happy because I feel like the points I tried to make after the mm-hmm. Oprah, they're all just coming true at this point. Like the attention seeking, the fame, they're like, this is the fakeness. Like so many things yeah. are just like, it's you're kind of like, mm, this is getting hard to defend right now. I Yeah. I don't know. I just I think we're also like you're right. I think there's some reaching there and they're trying to like get exposure, especially because they've made these deals with like Apple and whatnot. And he's made this documentary with Oprah, which I think is really great. Like address mental health issues. That's fine. But stop. Like if you've made the decision to walk away from that family and your titles, don't use them to your advantage in your new life. Like, yeah. start fresh, start anew. And that's the thing. Like, it's not even, can I just say, it's not even Meghan Markle or Meghan Windsor Mountbatten or Meghan Markle Windsor Mountbatten, whatever. Mm-hmm. Meghan, comma, Duchess of Sussex. That's not even your name. No. Like, that's not, no one pens a book that way. What if she did Meghan, comma, D-O-S? But like, sure, you could have because it's, <laughs> either way, it's dumb. Yeah. Like, why didn't she put her last name on there? I don't know. It's also, just... Megan's not even her real name. So, like, how can we trust <laughs> yes, this person? Exactly. Her real name's Rachel. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's just... Go by Rachel, Marco. Uh, there's just so many... There's just so many red flags, I guess. And mm-hmm. I think, like, first of all, I hear the book is actually really bad. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, like, the critics have it's said... A it's a children's book. book, but apparently, like, it doesn't... <laughs> These are actually what critics have said. It doesn't rhyme really well. <laughs> And it doesn't flow properly like a children's book. Whoa, could. I just had the craziest deja vu. Really? Right now? Of you saying, like, it doesn't rhyme really well. That's I've seen nice. that in my dream before. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just, that happened. Maybe you're having a premonition. Oh my gosh. I am, I think I have psychic abilities. All right. <laughs> we'll get into that. Small talk another time. Or I think I've said it before, too. The other thing I want to address, because I honestly could go on forever about Megan and her stupid title. Yeah. That I think is completely fake. I was actually reading an article today about Sharon Stone. And Sharon Stone mm-hmm. did an interview in which someone asked her about working with Meryl Streep in the laundromat. 
And they started the question by saying, you finally had the opportunity to work with Meryl Streep. And then Sharon Stone cut them off and essentially went into this whole spiel about how Meryl is great. She's a wonderful actress, but we've essentially put her on this pedestal mm-hmm. and now no one else can be as good as Meryl. Meryl is it. No mm-hmm. one else can be as good as Meryl. She's like, I'm an actress. I'm a- Meryl and I are the same age. Yeah. Why isn't the question Meryl Streep finally got the opportunity to work and with the, Sharon and Stone? And Sharon Stone said that. Or why? Yeah. Is, and, and then she just didn't say it herself. She's like, there are so many other actresses. She, and then she said, she said, Viola Davis is every bit as good as Meryl Streep. And I was like, yeah. that is a statement because I've always felt, and to be quite honest, I might even like Viola Davis more than Meryl Streep. Because Meryl well, have you seen... Have you seen the clip of Viola Davis going like, stop calling me the Black Meryl Streep? Like, yeah. I am me and yeah. I have all the talent and I bring everything I can to every single role. And like, I have my own merit. I'm not the Black Meryl Streep. I think Meryl Streep is an excellent actress who has earned our respect in the film mm-hmm. world. But Meryl has phoned it in a lot recently. Yeah. She is not well, what like, she the is. The laundromat is a really good example. Good example. I, I think <laughs> yeah. she has a lot of those Oscar nominations because she's Meryl Streep and because of nothing else. Mm-hmm. I think there are women in her age group who can achieve what she has achieved, but are not able to because Meryl Streep is just always there. The nice thing about her, though, is I think she's aware. Yes, I do like, think that. I don't, yeah. I don't think she thinks too highly of herself and she, like, no. She doesn't put herself on the pedestal. No, she like doesn't. The media and the critics and, and people who are voting in these awards yeah. are putting her on that. But she's very aware of, like, herself. And I think she, she seems like a very grounded person. And I think that's part of the appeal, too, is that we like her so much because she doesn't care. And she it's not like every role she goes into, she's trying to yeah. get an Oscar nomination. She just winds up getting them. It's all, But, I mean, in all fairness, that's because Meryl Streep has the pick of the lot. Anytime there's a, a role written for an older white woman, Meryl Streep is the first person who's going to be considered for it. Yeah. And then once Meryl decides to do it or not do it, other people can be considered. That's that's just flat out. She's Sorry, she's in a position as well to be offered the best roles. She always is. Yeah. I just always feel so bad when it comes to like Meryl Streep and Glenn Close. Cause yes, well, that's I a great example. I think they're similar ages. Yeah. yeah, they're similar ages. Glenn Close is just as every male talented as Meryl Streep is. Granted, some of the roles she's picked in the last little while are questionable. But it's, I guess it's the same thing with Meryl, though. But why doesn't Glenn Close have an Oscar and Meryl Streep has three? Three? Three. And one three. of them is for the Iron Lady. Iron Lady. Ew. <laughs> I wish you could all see Nadine's face right now. <laughs> I just think the Iron Lady is such a, it's such a boring, it's a terrible bland movie. film. There's nothing in it. And the fact that Meryl Streep, who for the record, deserves her third Oscar... Just mm-hmm. not for the Iron Lady. She should have gotten it for the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, agreed. I, so good. At the I don't remember who won that year. I think it was actually someone who else who deserved it. But 2006? I don't remember. It was someone solid, though. Helen Mirren for The Queen, which is like your favorite. I Listen, you know she's excellent in The Queen. She becomes yeah. the queen. She really is yeah. the queen in that. She's so good but in But Meryl is the queen of... The magazine. <laughs> she is. I, I think that should have been the actual argument. And I think if, Hel, sorry, if Meryl Streep had won over Mer- Helen Mirren, it would have been okay. Yeah. But Meryl Streep should not have her third Oscar for The Iron Lady. For The Iron Lady. What was that year? I'm going to look it up really quickly. 
So oh, Meryl Streep for the Iron Lady, Glenn Close for Albert Nobbs, Rooney Mara for the girl with the dragon tattoo, Michelle Williams for My Week with Marilyn, and Viola Davis for The Help. Yeah. Can I just yeah. say literally any one of those deserved it over Meryl Streep? Fine. Yeah. When is Michelle Williams going to get her Oscar? I, well, there's a, I I'm like sorry. I love Michelle Williams. I think she's excellent, but there's a lot of people in waiting for that Oscar. I think Michelle Williams is going to have to wait. Do you, though? Like, yeah. there's so many. She's been nominated so many times. Three times. Four, Four no? Four times? Brokeback? Blue Marilyn Valentine? Brokeback, Blue and... Valentine. I want to say there's a fourth, but I can't think what it is right now. But who knows? Maybe I'm just thinking of all the Fosse Vernon Yeah. Stuff. Well, she won, yeah. like, an Emmy and a Golden Globe and, yeah. and like, a SAG for Fosse Vernon. Mm-hmm. But, Mita, speaking yes. of three Oscars... Yeah. It's a good segue, right? And the and the movies. <laughs> and the movies. <laughs> this week we watched my pick for you. Yes. We watched All About Eve. We oui, we. Oui. We did, starring Betty Davis. Yeah. And Ann Baxter and yep. a lot of other people. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe's in this. Marilyn movie. Monroe's in I completely forgot Marilyn Monroe was in this. I didn't recognize her at first. Thelma Ritter, Celeste Holm, George Sanders. There's a big star cast in this. Yes. Stars of of yesteryear. Of the yesteryears. Yeah. Do you want to give our listeners a quick IMDb breakdown? Sure. Why not? So, All About Eve is described as a seemingly timid but secretly ruthless ingenue insinuates herself into the lives of an aging Broadway star and her circle of theater friends. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's like it. That's, that's it. all about Eve. Yeah, I feel like that description gives away some of a the... A lot of stuff, yeah. The fun of it. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't read it before I watched it. It gives away a, a little bit of it, even though it is accurate. Mm-hmm. But tell me, Nadim. Yes. Why did you choose All About Eve for me? All right. So All About Eve, I was surprised to hear you hadn't seen it because... Mm-hmm. Albany is, is, is a classic. It's really quite, it is a renowned film. Yeah. I think with reason. I remember watching All About Eve in my 20s. And I think when I watched black and white movies in my 20s, I watched them as like like homework. It was always like, oh, I should watch these classic films. I should watch Citizen Kane and Casablanca and, you know, The Maltese Falcon. And, you know, I was always like, oh, I, I should watch these classics. Some of them yeah. I liked, some of them I didn't. But I remember when I watched All About Eve, I was just like, that was so entertaining and it was i remember being not like blow, i wasn't blown away by it don't get me wrong but i remember it being i remember thinking this was a an entertaining film but also so well written and so well made like it mm-hmm. didn't it wasn't pulp fiction like it didn't feel gross it didn't feel soapy there was something very dignified about this entire experience yeah and i remember really really enjoying it and when i heard you hadn't seen it i was just like oh this is going on the list because I feel I felt like you're going to like this. I was really quite confident. Okay. So now I'd like to hear, did you like this? Okay. I'm like trying to play it coy, but I really, really like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think this, this is like a movie for me. I love movies of yesteryear and things that are in black and white and that are just, they're so I don't want to say simple because I think it kind of like tones it down a bit. But like there's nothing like over the top flashy avant-garde about this at all. It is a very streamlined screenplay. It is acted perfectly. It's directed very well. The story is being told to you like 
so when I okay when I was watching this, I kept thinking about Sunset Boulevard, mm. and when we had watched Sunset Boulevard and came out in the same year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they do have a lot of similar ideas. Um, in terms of like women in Hollywood yeah. and what it's like for them um, when you become a certain age and, and what the roles are like. I th- Sunset Boulevard is about Hollywood, whereas All About Eve is about Broadway stars. Mm-hmm. And they have very similar ideas, but this is so much more grounded mm-hmm. and it's not over the top. It's almost like There's Sunset no Boulevard is made for the gays. Sunset Boulevard is made for the gays. It's yeah. made for the gays, yeah. Which there's in, in nothing the most wrong respectful with that. manner, it's just, it's a little bit more flamboyant as a film. And it has a exactly. little bit more, I think, flash. Mm-hmm. Whereas, go on. Whereas this is just, it's so, I think anybody could relate to this and the things that are in this movie. Especially people who are, who have creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Like, I, did you, you. I think you thought I was going to enjoy it a lot. Yeah, like yeah. especially because I remember how much you enjoyed Sunset Boulevard and mm-hmm. I didn't I hadn't seen this in a while. Like I put it on the list, I'd seen it, I remember I knew I liked it, but I was like every time I come back to watch it I'm like, oh, I wonder if I wonder how Mita's going to feel about this. And then the but movie I... starts and I'm like, oh, she's going to love this <laughs> because it's just <laughs> there's it's so it's so it's it's hard. It's not to even... describe. Yeah. It's that feeling that you because like as I was watching it, I was like, I want to continue. I want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I want to actually sit here and like learn about it. And I didn't look up anything. I've had an idea about what it was about, um, just based on the title itself. Yeah. And I I knew that it was about like an aging star jealous of like an ingenue. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know like where the story was going. And I so I didn't read a description. I didn't watch trailers or anything. And I'm so glad I didn't because there is like a little bit of a twist to this at the end. And I don't want to spoil too much because I think people should go watch mm-hmm. this and should go in blindly. So if you're listening and you're thinking about it, I think you can understand both Nazim and I think this is something everybody should mm-hmm. watch. So go watch it and then come back to the podcast. Yeah. And then also, if you want to watch Sunset Boulevard, it's episode 38 of yes. our podcast. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, watching it, like, there, there is a twist there. And I actually got to, like, experience that. Yeah. Which is so rare nowadays because we have trailers. We have Instagram, yeah. social media. We have all these things, like, cluing us in on what it, things should be about. It's really rare to, like, be able to sit down and watch something and actually be surprised yeah. and be delighted and um, intrigued by what you're actually seeing. It's, it's just so nice. <laughs> it's nice. And what I really, I think, I, fe- I remember feeling this about All About Eve the last, like, when I first watched it. But this viewing, I'm I'm a lot older and, like, whatever. So this viewing, I felt, I was watching it and I was just like, wow, this movie could have been so cheesy and so mm-hmm. over the top. And yeah. still have been an entertaining film. But how it's written and how it's performed, yeah, it's, it takes a trope. That we've seen, and we've seen, sorry, All About Eve is the original. And we've seen all the duplicates. And we saw the duplicates Mm -hmm. first. And now we're coming back to the original. And it actually is very rare. But you watch this and you're like, oh, this is actually how this story was meant to be told. Yeah. it's not. this is how it's supposed to be done. Yes. This is exactly. And you realize that, like, there's actually, it is about this, like, backstabbing and, you know, girl on girl violence kind of thing like that is kind of like the undertone of it but it really is about a woman who is at a point in her life where she knows that she is going to become worthless and yeah where she has such a and i don't remember the scene before but the scene she has with thelma ritter in the uh sorry 
Yeah, Thelma Ritter in the car. Mm-hmm. Or is it Celeste Holm? I don't remember. Which. It's Celeste Holm who's Karen. Karen, yes. So Celeste Holm, yeah. that she has with Celeste Holm in the car, where she essentially says, if I don't get married, I'm nothing. I don't have an identity. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't think <gasps> I picked up on that last time, but I was just like, the things you feel about Margot, uh, Betty Davis's character, it's really kind of like a roller coaster of emotion you go with her, through with her. Because she's, she's this larger-than-life actress, and then she ends up kind of being bitchy towards Eve, and then you kind of understand where that bitchiness comes from, and then you kind of start to feel bad for her. Like, you really go through a lot of emotions, but it there's so much grounding in this film that it, mm-hmm. it, it takes the cattiness out of it. And, and that is... Sorry, it's, uh, yeah, it's like impressive that you can do that. It is, and because what I was gonna say is that like this was, could so easily go the other direction, mm-hmm. especially like looking at Betty Davis, she has yeah. just her face naturally. She it could go super dramatic and super corny yeah. and like over the top, and it, there's so much subtlety in everything that she does, and like you actually do, you feel her emotions throughout the entire thing. And the other thing I liked about it was like this juxtaposition of like the an old fashioned woman and a modern woman. Yeah. Whereas like yeah, so um, Margot Betty Davis's character, you know, she is an old Broadway star, and she's realizing like maybe I should settle down and get married, mm-hmm. and. Also very surprising to see that she's over 40 and not married, which is, like, nice to see for a movie in 1950. Um, But she's contemplating, like, do I I settle down with this man Mm -hmm. who clearly loves me and respects me? Who, by the way, is 32. 32, yeah. She's robbing that cradle. (laughs) But who, like, respects her and loves her just the way she is. Like, he doesn't... He accepts the fact that, you know, she can be a little bit neurotic and she can be over the top. And then you have this ambassador character of Eve who, you know, is willing to manipulate her way, which you don't quite realize in the beginning. You think she's this, like, innocent, soft-spoken woman. You know, you think she's salt of the earth, essentially. Yeah. But she's really – she's not. She She's vindictive and yeah. she's calculating and willing to do whatever it takes. And she doesn't need a man to hold her down. She's willing to, like, switch partners up. There's, like, some subtle hint to, her, like – lesbianism in this a little bit yeah a little bit yeah you caught on to it too it's a little single white female but like so much classier so much classier and but like that popped into my mind like this is the focal point isn't the right word i want to use it's the undertone of it yeah yeah i've watched but this is sorry this is the reference point sorry yes no 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 that's exactly it (laughs) this is the reference point for all these movies that we've seen years later where it does have these two women competing against each other and like what is the intention of one woman like what being so obsessed with another which i really love this movie i think it's done beautifully and like it it tells a story for sure but i'm wondering does this movie feed into this whole idea of like women competing against each other and not supporting each other and the idea is like two women can't work together and there's all these cat fights. Like, do we have that as a part of society today because of a movie like All About Eve? No, and here's why. Because I think All About... (laughs) And this is my opinion, and I could be wrong. I think the copycats are to blame, not All About Eve. Because I think think what All About Eve does, which no other film has really managed to do, and something even as amazing as Black Swan, which I'm a big fan of. I love Black Mm -hmm. Swan, and I love what it did for, like, the genre of horror... Horror... (laughs) horror horror the horror horror. and like sci-fi like it's a it's a great film but it still is there's a level of cattiness associated with all of these films Mm -hmm. it i cannot express this isn't a film about two catty women against each other 
This is about a woman who's who feels threatened that her livelihood, the only identity that she has, is being taken away from her. Mm-hmm. And this is about another woman who is out to pursue the only thing she wants to do at any cost. I think you could technically speaking have the story be about a man and a woman. You could obviously have it be about two men, but you, you could yeah. have it be about a man and a woman. But the the, the issue is, is that they, they are actively competing for the same spot. So it does yeah. have to be about two women. But it doesn't feel... She's not being vindictive or conniving, and she's not using her like sexual prowess to get. The, you know what I mean? It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel that way. It feels something very authentic to that industry too. That there can only be one person on top. Mm-hmm. There can be a lot of people on their way to the top. You know, on different tiers, but there's a point to the pyramid. Yeah, and someone has I to be the point. The smart thing in this movie, though, is that it's not just against. Margot that she's being vindictive like yes. she'll do it to anybody yeah she's not just focusing that like that power and anger and rage into one person it's anyone that's just who she is as a person she's as I think you would describe her as the Hillary Clinton of <laughs> but I wouldn't say that <laughs> but I actually think that What's great about Eve is is exactly that, that like she's not just willing to play Margot against her insecurities. She plays the women and the men the exact same way. She yeah. is literally willing to do whatever it takes to get where she is. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether you're a man or a woman. She is going to find a way to use and abuse you. I love it. It's And what I love is that... I think her character is much more interesting than Margot. Interesting. I actually find yeah. them both really great. I find them like both really well-written characters. Both yeah. really interesting. I think Margot, you do have a little bit more. I think you go on the roller coaster a little bit more with Margot. Mm-hmm. I was kind of let down though, and and maybe because this is 2021, by the idea that she needs wanted to needs a man. She and like and but that's what I like that they're showing you that there's this old fashioned way of thinking, yeah. which is Margot's character. Of like she's had this career, but the thing that's going to fulfill her the most is when she gets married and. I mean, I don't. They don't say anything about kids, which I liked, yeah. but that she needs to have a husband and needs to take care of him. And at the end, she kind of gives up having a career so that she can be a wife at home and like take care of her husband's needs. Interestingly, though, I don't think mm-hmm. that she does that because that's what she feels a woman should do. I think Margot recognizes that her career is effectively ending. Yeah, and she needs to think of the next step for her. And mm-hmm. so I think marrying him is an active choice at knowing where to go next. She hadn't, and like in her head, I feel like her identity was as an actress. She was Margot Channing, this actress. And when she loses that title, her concern is who am I going to be? She needs to be something. I don't think in her head, the way she is as an individual, she can't just be Margot Channing the human. She has to be Margot Channing the something. When you said this, though, like the thing that just popped into my head is the end of La La Land Mm -hmm. when we see Emma Stone's character who has like similar ambitions to Margot. She wants to have a career and wants to be an actress. And she also wants to have a love life and to have a family. And at the end, she gets it. Mm -hmm. She has a husband and she has kids and she is, you know, somewhat is she really famous? I think she's like really famous. And it's very clear that she's also the not necessarily the breadwinner, but probably the more... Recognizable. That's not even the word. I feel like it's the relationship that probably guides... Sorry, it's the career that guides the relationship. Like, it's the it's the one that is probably propelling things just because of the complexity of it. She's yeah. in the driver's seat 
I don't know if she's the breadwinner or not. That's not clear. But it's also not relevant. I want that for Margot, though. <laughs> but this is also 1950. This is 70 years ago. Yeah, okay. I'll let you have it. This is more than to you. More, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's old. It's so good, though, and so relevant. Which brings me to something else I actually wanted to really talk about, is when you think about it, this is from 1950, mm-hmm. there was a time period where a lot of these black and white films, super feminist, very women-centric, very feminist. Yeah. What happened? I know. Where? Why did we all of a sudden have girls in bikinis all the time? Yeah. This is and a, like just topless for no reason. And this is a classic. This is an American yeah. classic that won Best Picture, it won Best Director. It had four women nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. This is a, and this was in 1950. So what, what happened? Where did we go wrong? Well, we need to I think it's such it. an interesting question because clearly that misogyny that is in Hollywood, that became Hollywood, wasn't always there. And even though it was men running those studios and men making those movies, they didn't care whether it was man or woman. No. And like the writer and director of this movie is a man and he writes women really well. Like they're, yeah, they're smart characters. By no means are they like aloof. And I think these characters then became the archetypes of like the dumb ditzy characters that we see later on. Mm -hmm. Which is really disappointing. <laughs> but why Why did it happen? Why do we think it happened? I Well, that's a thinker. Like, at one point, do movies start to objectify women? Yeah. Like, I, and then I think, you know, we have Marilyn Monroe in this movie. And she becomes someone down the line. I'm wondering, when did she, like, this is 1950. So it was, like, when was her, I think like, it was the later 50s. Career? Later 50s. Because she dies early. She dies like, quite early. Mid-60s, yeah. right? What's that Mad Men episode <laughs> when they, when Marilyn died? <laughs> it's season one or two, so it's early on. I just want to know when Some Like It Hot is... I think that's like 64. 59. No, 59. So she died go. early 60s. She died early 60s, but like I think that's really the start of the male gaze and like what were... What was a woman's standpoint in a film? Like what was her purpose? Why is she there? And then I think by the time of like you know, in the 70s, when like porn is introduced, I think there's like a shift there in film as well. Where, yeah, like things These things are accessible now to people. So like, why not put what people are like searching for on the side in mainstream films? Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's interesting because women write women these days are always actresses are saying there's not enough good roles for women. And we know that we see that. There's not enough films about, you know, women that are being made. But when you look at the history, Betty Davis was not, she was never like going to be second fiddle to anybody. And so the movies that she was in, for instance, and she's just one example of an actress who demanded she be front and center. And like her rival, Joan Crawford, was another one. So like they were champions for it. They were champions for it. And this is back in the 40s and 50s. So there was definitely a regression that happened at some point and then that's been and then that's when you started to get the like the action movies and the James Bonds and the like things that really pushed misogyny on screen yeah I'm th- it like kind of falls in line with the women's right movement though like that's when things kind of were shifting and it's so interesting that there are women at that point speaking up like you have Gloria yeah. Steinem who's saying like take off your bras lady like do what you want but then in film like the opposite they're taking off their bras but it's for the (laughs) it's for all the the male gaze yeah yeah that's crazy i've never thought of it that way before 
Wow. Weird. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it is just very interesting to kind of like watch because I really noticed at this time that this is a film... The men are side characters. This is a this yeah. is a woman's. I didn't like any. I'm just like cake. Okay, they were all there, very forgettable. <laughs> they were they were necessary to the roles, but they were all very forgettable. And it's Betty Davis and Baxter, Thelma Ritter and Celeste Holm. They're so good. They are the ones oh, that yeah. carry this film. And I w- I'm watching this, and I'm just like, this is how it used to be. Where did how did it change? And I what I, I just I don't have an answer. Well, I can't remember the name of this documentary, but Gina Davis produced it. And mm-hmm. I think I talked about it in her Thelma and Louise episode. Yeah, okay. Where they talked about, I think, earlier on in Hollywood, there were a lot of women working on sets. Mm-hmm. And they were producing things. They were behind the scenes of director. Not directing, but like working cameras yeah. and whatnot. And I think maybe there was more of a presence. And then it just started to slide down. The scale started to slide down and you weren't seeing women involved. And, like, that has a major impact on film itself and, like, how are women being represented? It's just so disappointing because this is so – I think every girl should watch this, like, as a teenager because I'm I'm a little upset that I didn't watch this, like, earlier on. And I got movies like The Roommate – which is essentially like single. That was the like two thousands version oh, of single white female, yeah. and it starred Leighton Meester and Minka Kelly. There you go. And I had mo- I had the media telling me about how much Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan hate each other, yeah. and I just well, was I really... mean, in all fairness, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis hated each other. They did, and hate that each other, was but their fight seemed so much more. Justified? It's about something different. It feels more justified because it's about their their star power and their merit they both felt like they deserved the best because they put the heart most work in yeah. whereas like Lindsay and and hillary hated each other because of chad michael murray like uh, that's very you know true I mean? yeah yeah I'd... or even like paris and nicole yeah. it's because nicole showed paris's sex tape at a party yeah. like it's they're those that's not what we should be fighting yeah. for that's very it's, true it's a, i deserve an oscar for this role because i'm the best actress yeah. and i'm good at my job that's different yeah that's fair i get Mm -hmm. that i think this is a a great example and we've watched some other ones but i think all about eve even more than like sunset boulevard which is great don't get me wrong i suggested sunset boulevard for you but i think all about eve is one of those films that i would like i would recommend people who do not watch black and white films i'm like you gotta watch this because this one you you forget about it you forget about it and you have to watch it to really know why people consider why it's such a classic and what mm-hmm. qualifies good filmmaking. And don't get me wrong. This is a movie that has a little bit of a barrier to entry. I find some of the scenes and like you have to, you do have to chalk it up to the fifties being what they were. The dialogue is really overwritten. The like, yeah. see, there's a lot of melodrama, but once you can get past that and be like, well, it was just how things were made in the fifties because that's literally all it is. Yeah. It's just how things were made. There's still some dynamo dialogue in this. Oh, this there's some really good lines. <laughs> really there's, good lines. There's one point in the movie where I'm they're like just they're, they're just talking all these back, yes. back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like who thought of these? Yeah. They're so smart and they're so like quick witted. It's it's very good. And even I I will like to say Marilyn Monroe, who's meant to be the bimbo in here, she's yeah. Still quick witted, and she's still f- smart, and she's still funny. She's smart, yeah, and there's still she's got character, and it's her character that's driving you to understand the man that she's with. Yeah, 
right? It's it's because of her we understand him a little bit more. And yes. she's, she's really good in this too. And it's a small role. It's a small role and she does exactly what she's meant to do with it. But obviously she's overshadowed by Betty Davis and Ann Baxter. Yeah. I actually haven't seen many Betty Davis films. Mm-hmm. This is, I actually don't know if I've seen any others beyond this. And Whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yeah, whatever Jane? happened to Baby Jane. Yeah. But I think this is the most Betty Davis movie of Betty Davis. So my only like um, know-how of Betty Davis is Susan Sarandon playing Betty Davis <laughs> on Ryan Murphy's feud. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything else with Betty Davis? Yeah. But you know the there name. You go. I know the name and I know yeah. the face, yeah. you know? You just know. You and, know. The, like, she has that – what's the word? She has that lasting power. The, yeah. that Yeah. That she's just recognizable. That's just yeah. what it is. Do you have mm-hmm. any sequel prequel ideas? Before that, though, I did want to say sure. that I love that both her and Ann Baxter were nominated for Best, Best Actress. Actress. And they didn't give one supporting. Like, I just – I love that. <laughs> because it's true. It is universe. really a dual, like, it was the it two of them doing it together. Yeah. And then and also what it also did some... really greatly then, it allowed Celeste Holm and Thelma and Ritter to be recognized. To get supporting, yeah. yeah. But what I also think is, I also think this is a movie that I will watch again and, like, mm-hmm. and repeats. And I think, depending on where I am and, like, how I feel about things, I think, because right now I love the Eve character more than the Margot character. Interesting. And I think maybe later down on the line, I'll love Margot a little bit more. But I just, I am inspired by Eve a little bit, which I don't know what that says about me. But Eve's just going for what she wants, you know? I also... We can't get mad at her for that. Before we go into your sequel prequel ideas, I really love how this ends. And it seems obvious. I I understand that, like, again, we're... Where we are in the film world, we've seen these tropes. We've seen it happen. So essentially, once the, mo- the as the movie is ending, there's a new ingenue who makes their appearance. And you know mm-hmm. that she's there to take over Eve's current stats. And it's just position. a vicious circle. And it's a vicious circle. And you see that, like... And that's, I think, the other thing that helps get the cattiness out. Is that you realize that, like... You realize there's always going to be another girl. And there always was another girl... Girl. M- meaning Margot when was, was Margot yes, the Eve. Exactly. Yes. Margot was the Eve at one point. Brings us to my sequel prequel ideas, oh. which what as soon as you said that, there is an episode of The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it. It's oh god, that's gonna bug me. But it's basically Juliana Margulis's character is interviewing two people for a position at the law firm. And there's one candidate who she really, really likes, is super smart. She thinks she'll be a great fit. And there's another candidate who happens to be related to somebody that works at the law firm. Mm -hmm. And the firm tells her, no, you have to hire the one that's related to so-and-so. And she's really disappointed. And then someone tells her, you were that candidate. You were friends with so-and-so, and and that's why we hired you. And I love it. (laughs) Anyways, um, my sequel prequel idea. So I would like a prequel with Margot. To see who, when she was Eve. Yeah. And it'll be all about Margot. That's what the name yeah. will be. Saying this, I actually think it would be really interesting if someone adapted this now and we saw it in today's mm. world. And I'm trying to do like, like casting in All my about head. Eve. It's like a like full film. Yeah. Okay. So who's playing both? Who's playing Margot? It, who's playing I don't Eve? know. Uh, that's the thing. You, you uh, don't come with that idea and then not I know. have it. I wanted out. you to give me suggestions. <laughs> Usually I can like. Roll off of you. <laughs> I honestly would probably go with someone like Kate Winslet for Margot. For Margot? Oh, yeah. yeah, I like that. And yeah, she's Mita, you know who would 40. be... I can't believe I'm going to say it. Are you going to say Dubicki? Yeah. 
Can you see that? Bro? Oh, somebody <laughs> likes to pick me I... all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I think she's a nobody who would play a nobody really well. She would be a really good Eve. She would be a very good Eve. Like, especially that oh, casting yeah. with I'm Kate Winslet this. and Elizabeth Debicki. They'd, I think they'd yeah. work so well together. I like that a lot. Okay, let's go with that one then. Or someone um, like, or like back in the day, what would have worked? And by back in the day, I mean like even 10 years ago, someone <laughs> like Julianne Moore and Emma Stone. Yeah. Something like that. They do. Would have worked really well too. Do you know what I saw? I saw a trailer for something and I'm trying to remember. So what's the, who plays Thursday on Game of Thrones? Lena Headey. Yes. Lena Headey is playing the mother to Karen Gillum. Do you know Karen no. Gillum? Or is it Gillen? She's in like um, the Marvel movies. She's Nebula, sure. and she's in the the um, the new Jumanji movies, the redhead. Okay, but like I think they look like they're very similar in yeah. age, and I don't understand why one person's playing the other's mother. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's we Hollywood need to be, for you. Yeah, there you go. Because again, and that's um, the other thing that this is a movie in its fifties where she is meant to be forty. She was at the top of her she game. Was and she was forty. Forty. Yes, yeah, she was an older woman. Playing yeah. an older woman. And yeah. by the way, I'm four years away from 40. And I don't know why I keep on saying older woman. Like as if she like is near her deathbeds. But like the idea is that she was meant to be someone who was out of her prime. For Broadway. For Broadway. Yeah. And I, I just sense. don't know if you would see that anymore. I don't think you would. I want to cast Bette Midler as the Margot character for something. <laughs> but I'm trying to think who Bette Midler's daughter would be. Yeah. Well, Bette or, Midler is like, or, who's Eve? Who's Eve to Bette Midler. We'll figure it out one day. One day. But then I also had a sequel idea mm-hmm. of like following Eve to Hollywood oh, and yeah. like Eve navigating her way through Hollywood and like who's she going to sleep with? Who's she going to betray? What is what is Eve? Do you think she slept with anybody? Yeah. Who do you think she slept She said with? she didn't, but I think she did. All of them. Do you think she slept with all three men? <laughs> Including Margot. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> You're like, no. No. Maybe. When Margot makes that line of like, Eve would do it, wouldn't you, Eve? And yeah. she was like, if you wanted me to. Yeah. It's like the favorite. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's definitely some lesbian undertones here. And I think, mm-hmm. especially for the time, it does it very subtly and in a way that was probably the most digestible for the time. But yeah. And I remember watching a documentary about gay Hollywood, like how, how they got mm-hmm. around it. Spartacus has a bunch of gay scenes. This is, I think, an example. Rebecca. Is another one. <gasps> yeah. Another one with a lot of gay undertones. But this is a big one. Yeah. yeah maybe they did sleep And together. I love it. <laughs> no, it's, it's honestly, it's so good. There we go. I'm going to give my ratings then. Okay, go for it. I honestly, I really like this. It's like really, really good. It's really well made. It's, I have fallen asleep during some black and white films. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. Some of them, and, and I'm talking about like classics. I have fallen asleep in them. It is hard sometimes with a black and white film. Again, that lack of color, the over-the-topness of the, the, the movies, the, the melodrama, the music, all of it. It can be a lot. It can be a lot in this day and age to digest. And especially when you're used to things being moving so quickly and dialogue being like snappy and like it can really be hard to put yourself into something because this is long. It's two hours and 15 minutes. It really doesn't need to be that long. And a lot of it is that long because of the how the movies in the 50s used to flow and how the dialogue used to flow and all of that. So it is hard to. I will say, hands down, this is such an interesting film to watch. And you will honestly be interested start to finish. It holds your attention. It demands to be watched. And few films demand to be watched. It, it It's made with this kind of confidence that it's kind of like, 
it doesn't seem like it's trying to please you. It's trying to make a good, honest film, and it does it in in spades. The performances are amazing. The screenplay is amazing. There isn't a false note here. It is so well done. And mm-hmm. you're waiting for the explosions to happen. And when they do, they're so worth it. They're, it's worth the wait. And few movies get to say that. So for all of that, I give this four stars. Four stars. Putting it on the list. My turn? Yes. As you were talking, the words vim and vigor like yeah. popped into my head. And this is full of vim and vigor. I don't even really know what that means, but I just feel it. <laughs> yeah. Like, but honestly, walking away from this, there was just such a like a powerful feeling. I was like, I am so happy that I got to experience this. That I watched, I went into it blind, mm-hmm. because there are some like little twists that you probably wouldn't have seen coming. Uh, and the performance, and that's a lot to do with the script, the way it's written. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't even talk about it, but there is some narration in this yeah. movie, and that's partly why it's like two hours long. Yeah. Is because like they need to set, they need to set you up for the scenes that are mm-hmm. occurring, and that's a really smart way of doing it. The performance in this from everyone are very strong. Like I don't, there's not one that I was like, oh, you're not like doing a great job there. But I believed these characters and I was I felt like I was living it through with them, especially Margot. Mm-hmm. Like I like you said, we're on a ride with her and we're seeing her go from being this 40 year old woman and being at the top of her game and realizing that, you know, is that what she wants? Is this what she wants in life? Like, does she want to just be married and happy mm-hmm. or does she want this like career and does she want to be fighting with this ingenue yeah. for attention and, and doing all that all that jazz? But just such a ride and like from start to finish the entire time. At first, I was like, I think I'm going to half-ass watch this one. Like, I'll probably like be playing my color game while yeah. I watch it. I put my coloring game down. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> because it demands to be watched. It demands it. You need to watch this. And for that, I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Oh, my my half is just like I'm still a little upset that she can't have her career and have be a yeah. wife at the end. I wish she could have both, but yeah. It's interesting that you say that you put your color game down because I've seen this before, and so I was like surfing, but eventually at one point I just put it down because I was just like I want to actually watch what's I going on. I, I want to like I'm brought right I'm pulled right back into the world into these characters into that dialogue. It's yeah. And what I really like about it, and this is going to sound kind of cheesy, and some from someone who loves sex and violence and language, I also like how clean this is. This is so wholesome. It's so like wholesome. you could show this yeah. to a twelve-year-old girl, yeah. and it would be fine. And show like kids, like if I were if I were to like recommend movies for kids or like teenagers to be like, how do you show someone what really good filmmaking is about adult themes and adult content, but still have mm-hmm. it be wholesome? It's it's something like this. It's for all ages. It really is. Because I think I could have watched this as a teenager and I would still understand yes. it. Yes. It's not condescending. Yeah. It's not over the top. It is like, it. it is a marvel it's of a simple. film. It's simple. Yeah. It hits every note exactly as it should. It's not confusing one bit. No. Love it. I'm so glad I picked it for you, Mita. I'm, I'm glad, glad you, you liked did it. too. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> hip hip. But Mita. Okay. Yes. Now it's time for... Different characters, same world. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, like I think one. we're a bit, okay. we're, I think our consistency is starting. There we go. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to have an album. Yeah, it's true. 
Okay, there you go. Okay, so to preface this, um, it is the summertime. Okay. And we are busy with a lot of things in our lives this summer, okay. you and I both. Yeah. And so I just want to like make it clear to our listeners and to you that for the summer, I went with the theme of like easy watching. Okay. Are watching heavyweights? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> just do wait. Okay. okay. So for this one, all three are actors in the movie. Okay. So no producers or directors. Okay. And let me get my timer out. Am I watching do, someone do, do, think do, from do, the Marvel do, universe? Do, do. No, I'm not going to be that mean to you, don't <laughs> worry. I know that you would probably not watch it and then say no, you did. I would. So. I would just have a lot you to would? say okay. about it. Okay. So your characters, are you ready? I am. Are Lucas Scott. Okay. Paulette and Marcy Tidwell. Oh, Jesus, Mita. <laughs> And your timer starts now. Is Paulette Jennifer Coolidge? Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad you got that one. <laughs> Who was the first one? Lucas. Lucas Scott. And the third one? Marcy Tidwell. <sighs> and this person has played someone named Marcy twice. <laughs> Is it Elizabeth Olsen? No. No, that's Martha May, Marcy Marlene. Well, Marcy. <laughs> There's four other names. I, know. I would have said all. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Coolidge. What has Jennifer Coolidge been in that I... You have 20 seconds. Oh, am I left. watching Legally Blonde 2? <laughs> no, I'm not that rude. <laughs> uh, 10 seconds. I don't know. Um, uh, no. Make noise so we have time. No, exactly. Time ago. Fill in the time. <laughs> one minute. Kay. Okay, so I'll tell you who they are. Kay. And then let me so guess. So Paulette. Oh, what? Tell me who they are, and then let me see if I can figure it out. Just give me like okay, a, yeah. a ten seconds. Yeah. Paulette is Jennifer Coolidge in Legally Blonde. Kay. Marcy Tidwell is Regina King in Jerry Maguire. She also played Marcy in Ray. Okay. And then Lucas Scott is um, Chad Michael Murray in the television show One Tree Hill. So if you were a teen, Chad Michael Murray, uh-huh. Regina King, and Jennifer Coolidge, yeah, we're watching like a Cinderella story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I moved it up to originally we were gonna watch this in September, but I was like, no, this is the summer. Let's do something fun and light. And we've been talking about doing a Hillary Duff movie. So there you go. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> I only did it for this reaction, to be honest. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I feel like our conversation next week is gonna be very different than it was today. Yeah, I will. Okay. Sure. There you go. Where am I watching it? Um A Cinderella Story is available on Crave. Okay. Yes. Um it HBO recently Max. became available on Crave and I I freaked out when I saw it. I was like, okay, yeah, we have to watch it now. <laughs> okay. Sure. Alright, Mita. I I think I think it'll be interesting. There's some things that we could totally talk about. <laughs> there are things. I'm just checking and I time. think it might be kind of similar to Showgirls where it's, you know. Sure. It's just a, um, it's a time it's for a you time. and I. Okay. A time. Yeah. You know, there's a time for everything, Mita. And so this week, it's a time for a Cinderella story starring yeah. Hilary Duff, an actress I have never seen perform. Ever. Ever. Chad I, I would use the term actress loosely. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't. I'm actually. Hillary Duff is an entertainer. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen her in anything. 
You've never watched Lizzie McGuire? No, I've not. <laughs> I thought you were actually going to pick the Lizzie McGuire movie. No, I because I I thought about that because you said that you wanted to watch it. I ne- don't you dare <laughs> malign my name on this good podcast. But you didn't watch the TV show, and I don't think you could get the same, like, the enthusiasm for the Lizzie McGuire movie if you haven't seen the TV show. Just to be extremely clear, I did not request to watch the Lizzie McGuire movie. You bug me about (laughs) it all the time. You're like, am I watching Lizzie McGuire? Am I watching Lizzie McGuire? And so I'm just left to believe that you really want to watch it. You said you wanted me to watch a Hilary Duff movie, so I only (laughs) assumed that the the Hilary Duff movie in question would have been the Lizzie McGuire movie. It was this or Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> oh, I've seen Cheaper is... by the Dozen. Oh, so you have seen it. Yes, I have seen a Hillary. Do- yeah, but she's there also not in it as much. No, she's not. Superman That's why is also in it. Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> you mean Tom Welling? Yes, not Henry played... Cavill. He's not Superman, though. He played Clark Kent. Oh, yeah, because Small Will. He Bill becomes wasn't... Superman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so that's next week. <laughs> it's summer. Enjoy your time. I would also like to just point out and not, I'm not going to look at IMDb. I'm not going to do anything. Please don't. But when I went to check the time, it was glaringly obvious. All About Eve is 96% on Metacritic. <laughs> A Cinderella story is 25. What was Showgirls? <laughs> just look it up. I think Showgirls is yeah. pretty low too. How long is the Cinderella story about? An hour and a half. Oh, beautiful. Love it. (laughs) 16. So So this is better better than Showgirls. Showgirls, There you go. We both had a great time watching Showgirls. Yeah. I think we'll have a fun time with this one, too. If you picked it, Mita, I will be watching it. Okay, good. And Regina King is in it. Oscar winner Regina King (laughs) is in it. Regina King. Comedy genius Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge is, you know... Look, I can't do the word <laughs> voice, but it's... I don't do it. Yeah, uh. I'm taking the dog, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I can't do it either. Uh, Mitha, before we start giving bad impressions of famous people, do you want to give some parting <laughs> words for our listeners? I do. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night. I, I forgot that line night. was in it. And How then, you? and then when she said it, I was just like, "That's from here." <laughs> it's very exciting. It's like when I saw the I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeVille. Oh right. You forgot about that too. I didn't know I knew that line, but I didn't know it was, was from Sunset oh, Boulevard. Yeah. I hadn't seen Sunset Boulevard. Now, now you've seen Sunset Boulevard and All About Eve. And All About Eve. And I'll say I'll say it here and All About Eve is the better movie. But you liked Sunset Boulevard more. You get Sunset Boulevard five. I'm gonna watch it again and I'll I'll let you know. Sunset? Yeah. Okay. I bought it. It's good. I have it too. It's good Maybe movie. I'll buy all of our DVDs. You should have it too. <laughs> it's a part of my collection. But I'm not going to buy it on DVD. I'm a digital no, you're girl. You're a digital now. girl. Oh. I'm a digital girl in a digital world. Thanks so much for listening, friends. <laughs> Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... A Cinderella Story. A Cinderella Story. story. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. 